Hi, everyone. Before we start, just an announcement. We will be having our first ever Ask a Jew Hanukkah party uh, if you're in the New York area or if you'd like to travel. might be worth it. Uh, it is Wednesday, December 13th. Uh, it's going to be at a bar called Three Sheets in the Village in New York City. That's at 134 West 3rd Street, right near Washington Square Park. Wednesday, December 13th, 6 p.m. Um, go to our Substack, Ask a Jew substack.com to RSVP there. Uh, we hope to see you there. Uh, the bad news is Chayalau will not be there, but the good news is that Chayalau will not be there. So hope to see you there. Bye. Hi, welcome to Ask a Jew. We're a secular, sinful Israeli speaks to her holy religious friend. We are the UN women and UNRWA of Judaism. <laughs> Uh, we're actually going to replace them, I think, because they've done nothing. Oh my God. My hatred of them is so Can we rank, like, the, like, who do you hate more than Hamas? Because I think I might hate, like, the UN Women's Organization a little more. Yeah. Because I don't expect anything from Hamas, you know? It's true. It's tough. It's it's a tough fight for who I hate the most right now. Yeah. A few days ago, they tweeted, and and this is, you know, for those of you who aren't on social media, first of all, God bless you. I know. Tell us how you do it. Lucky you. Yeah. Um, But they, it's been very noticeable that they haven't like really commented or they haven't said anything about Hamas. They only say like, we think violence is bad. And the and the and Islamophobia, I call it. Yeah. That you know, they add like and Islamophobia to everything. And uh, and then eventually they tweeted something after like there was so much pressure on them and they're like, Okay, guys, rape is bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, and Israelis and Palestinian women should be not yeah. raped. And we're like, Oh my God. Okay. I, I just well, at least I you tried. I cannot oh, get and over that. And before that, sorry, before that they had tweeted um, and the thing is they block their comments, which is such a shit move. I know. Like when you block your comments, you know that you're like, everybody yeah. hates you. Yeah, but, um, but they tweet in the midst of everybody being like, Hey, UN women, you haven't said anything. Um, and, and we'll talk later. I hope don't listen to this part with your kids, but we can talk about this, the, the times UK article about the all the rape uh, testimonies that are coming out. Yeah. Um, but presumably the UN, you know, knew about this and they tweeted instead um, some campaign about catcalling. Oh, yeah. yeah. And well, how catcalling is bad. Well, no, no, no. What's going on is that the UN women, is they're in the midst of like a 16-day campaign against gender-based violence. Uh-huh. And so every day they have like another like kind of violent gender-based yeah. violence that they're highlighting. But very like inconveniently for them. Yeah. Like very inconveniently for them. There was actually a terrible, I mean, like horrific, something that has never, I don't even know if this has happened. I don't know when the last time this happened, that there was mass rape in one day in, in a in Western country. Media, if I was their social media person, I would be like, oh, great. Oh, I have content God. now for 16 days <laughs> oh, just from this Israel thing. Yeah, but they like, won't I don't need to think. It, so. And they're like, hmm, yeah, let me think. And what about interrupting women when they're talking? Yeah. <laughs> That's almost as bad, right? Well, today they posted, or yesterday they posted about disabled women being, uh, you know, victimized by gender violence. And so I retweeted it and said, Hamas murdered disabled women in Israel 
eight weeks ago. You might want to look mm-hmm. into it. And I, yeah, I'm just like constantly tweeting at them. There was that like, girl with her father. Yeah, remember? in a wheelchair. Story, yeah. yeah. And what about all these older women who they who are sick and disabled? Or I mean, it's just it's well. In it's a way, sick. Hamas was being very um, inclusive because they weren't they weren't discriminating against <laughs> so uh, they did not. people in wheelchair, and they weren't they weren't being ageist. That's true. Um, that is very so true. really they should be applauded for it's, that. There was this Babylon you, Bee thing that was like Hamas gets Nobel Peace Prize for returning <laughs> hostages. <laughs> I saw that. Did you see the meme about Hamas winning the Academy Awards for mm. best acting because no. of all their propaganda videos? It's a great video. Yeah. Oh my but God. you know what's interesting? I find I don't know how well I want to talk about how you're doing and what's going on, but I just find like I cannot relate to people anymore who don't live this, like, what's going on in Israel 24-7. And so yesterday, on Friday, we're recording, this is Sunday, so this happened on Friday. I'm about to go away for two weeks, and so I was leaving my spin class, and I said to the girl who works behind the counter, who I see, you know, multiple times a week, I said to her, I just want to let you know I'm not going to be here for two weeks because I'm going out of town. It's not because I don't want to come, you know, work out, whatever, don't cancel. Mm -hmm. So she says to me, oh, where are you going? So I said, I'm going to Israel. And her response, she goes, fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you going to visit family? So fun. And I stood there. That literally the funniest response I, you could have said. I stood there. And I was, like, looking around. I'm, like, looking right and left. I'm, like, looking at her. And I'm, like, I. so I said to her, I'm, like, you know, there's a war there. I'm going, you know, to support, like, my family and to visit and to, like, you know, be there. And she was, like, Oh, and like her eyes got really big. I mean, this girl had no clue I want that there was a war going on. So bad. I know. I but I, it reminded me that like not everybody lives in this world where we are twenty four seven thinking about what's going on in Israel. And yeah. They don't, especially now. Especially now that it's like, you know, by the time this episode comes out, we'll be pretty much like we're recording this on it's Sunday, months, so it'll be two yeah. months on the seventh, the end of the week, and. um and it's like my, you know, I have a I have a bracelet on my on my arm that says, kulam kan, kulanu adain sham." So until right. they're all here, we're still all there. Right. And that's how I feel. Like as right. long as there are people still in Gaza, like how can I don't know? There, there's no sense of of normalcy, and there won't be for me. And. And and then and then also walking down the street in New York City and seeing fucking terrorists, excuse my language, yeah. like so yesterday I was walking home and they had the terrorist march. And I call them terrorist march because that's what they are. There's nothing <laughs> pro-Palestinian about these marches. Exactly. If they wanted to support Palestinians, they would be calling to, you know, release the hostages and disarm Hamas. And this little cosplaying kid who probably goes to like Barnard <laughs> had the kafia like wrapped around all over his face. And he tried to give me a flyer. And, you know, I, I just, I've, I'm just full of rage and yeah, I can't help myself and I don't necessarily do the smart thing. But I, to- I told him, you know, go, go F yourself, you effing terrorist. And he smiled at me through his thing, you know, or gave me like a kiss symbol. And then he got out to take a, his phone to take a photo. And I, I was like taunting him and I was like, I'm not scared of you. Like, to, you know, I was very scared. But I'm like, I'm not scared of you. I've, you know, I'm, I live in Israel. Like, I don't... You, you've already right. done the worst thing you could possibly do to us. Right. You know, I'm not right. I'm not scared of you. And then... But the reason I'm telling the story 
is because then a woman, there was also a woman who's a busy street with a, with a dog. And I was like, take off your mask. And then <laughs> this woman standing next to me, she had this re- beautiful Irish accent. She's like, yeah, take off your bloody mask. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and then, and this whole interaction lasted 10 seconds where both of us yelling. And then she turned, and then they leave, you know, the march keeps going. She turns to me, gives me a hug. Oh. And we both go our separate ways. Oh, that's nice. And, and that's it's really kind of nice. like, you know, uh, I don't know. These marches I, I don't want to pretend oh. that, I don't want to pretend that I'm like, poor me. Uh, but I'm just angry. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm more angry than anything else, I think. Where, where are you, uh, where are you two months in? Um, I'm, I have kind of two parts to me. I'm very angry. That's the word I keep thinking. Yeah. Um, about many different things, but I'm also very um, sort of invigorated about like the Jewish people needing to get their shit together. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we need to do make major changes. We need to think about like what our goals are moving forward. I'm talking about like as an as a North American Jewish community as educators, you know, in my work at Hillel, in my, you know, all the synagogue, like everyone, in every capacity, we need to like really rethink where we are and what we're doing, which Do you have I think is that, exciting. Do you have confidence that we'll, we won't fuck it up? Um, No. The Jewish community? No I, no, I don't mean it in a negative way. Like I just, we're a very complicated people. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I really, really think we are. And I, I say that lovingly. I love you. Everyone knows who listens to this podcast. I mean, I I'm in love with the Jewish people. I think we're yeah. It's me that's the anti-Semitic one. <laughs> yeah, but like, do you um, think we can pull it off? Do you think we can? Because there are amazing things that let, let's talk like Tachlis, like the, yeah. you know, like the Jewish organizations that exist right now. Some of them have done wonderful, wonderful things. Uh, like I think Birthright Taglit is one of the most important projects of our lifetime of bringing people to Israel. I know that's not sufficient, but just right. doing that. But then there's also so much crap. Yeah. Well, and uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I think it, it's, I live in, I mean, I've, I say this a million times on this podcast, but I really do live in two worlds. And I was just saying to a group of colleagues of mine that, you know, I'm educating my kids and raising my my own children within the context of the Chabad world and the ultra-Orthodox community. They go to ultra-Orthodox yeshivas. And what they're experiencing, like I'm watching very closely kind of their reaction, the way they talk about the war, the way they talk about Israel and their Jewish identity. And then I work with my college students who I, I love. I mean, they're like my children in a different way, yeah. who come from you know non-Orthodox families, very little... Jewish education, hardly any, you know, Jewish background. And I just see a huge gulf here that I, that's what I worry about. I don't know how we can bridge that gulf. And these two worlds need each other. Like I really truly believe, and that's why I bother, you know, fighting for this because I don't think one can survive without the other. I mean, the Orthodox community with all due respect and I love them and this is my, this is my people, um, you know, we we need support too. Right. And like in many different ways, I mean, there are many organizations that support the Jewish community here in North America, which then helps support Israel in many ways that is fueled by secular Jews or non-Orthodox Jews. And we can't just like write that off. And then on the other side of it, 
the liberal Jewish world, and I mean the liberal Jewish world in the sense of liberal Judaism, not liberal politics, that's a separate issue. But the liberal Jewish world has a lot of things that they need to look and see what they're doing because our college students and and younger and young adults, they're not feeling that connection to Israel, that connection to Jewish peoplehood in a sufficient way. And so why is that? We need to ask ourselves a lot of questions. So I went so. to I went to an event last week um, for an organization called the American Israel Friendship League in New York, oh, which is not super well known, but I think that they do some great stuff and uh, they work with, you know, bring like prominent Americans to Israel and, and you know, different industries. Um, and, and I don't, you know, I don't really have any skin in the game aside. I mean, obviously I'm Israeli, but right. I don't know the organization well, uh, but I, I get invited to their galas because a friend, anyway, the president, I think he was a president, um, got up and spoke. And you have, you know, you have these gala events and, you know, it's going to be a lot of blah, blah, blah and speaking. And yeah, the guy got up and spoke and he said, um, you know, he's a Jewish American who runs the organization. He said, you know, we talk a lot about the failures of October 7th um, in Israel um, that, you know, and there's going to have to be a lot of, um, yeah. nefesh, how do you say um, is like um, taking stock. You yeah, know? Like you have to really. Yeah. We all we have to like think very, like how yeah. where we failed in Israel with the security and with the intelligence. And then he said, "But we here in America, we failed. Like the fact that there are people yelling from the river to the sea in our college campuses. The fact that you know it, it's gotten so so out of hand, and Israel has been delegitimized. That is." a failure of the American Jewish organizations. It's not their fault. It would happen without them maybe, but it, it is on the American yeah. Jewish organizations to counter this. And, and I feel like we need to take stock of what we're doing in these organizations and how we can double down on the things that are working and, you know, stop I'm the just things gonna, that aren't. I'm going to be blunt. I mean, I've been saying this also. Sorry That's I keep repeating myself. Podcast. But I know, it's true. But, you know, my filter <laughs> left my yeah, body along on with October my political 7th. correctness exactly yeah. <laughs> um I, I didn't have much of a I didn't have much of a filter before but you know now I certainly don't have a filter but you know I think one of the realities that American Jews have to deal with is you cannot expect your kids to have a Jewish identity to care about Israel to get up and fight to be an advocate with a very thin uh, attachment to their Judaism. And most mm-hmm. American Jews have a very thin attachment. You need thick attachment. Thick Jewish identity is what gets my students motivated. The ones who I, I mean, and I see it every day. The kids who come from family. Now, I've, I shouldn't, I don't even want to say that because I have some students who come from nothing, right? Like their parents gave them almost nothing Jewishly and they are mm-hmm. like the biggest advocates on campus. And that's rare. Right, and I, I, my hats off to those kids big time. But mm-hmm. there's a, there's something lacking in many American Jews, and a lot of it is just Jewish literacy, understanding Jewish history, understanding Jewish peoplehood, mm-hmm. ritual, Torah, mitzvahs. I'm sorry, I know it's like, oh, here comes the the Chabad girl, you know, <laughs> blah blah blah. But it's true. I mean, it's absolutely true. Me- you don't have to give. I oh, I keep saying this to people. You, the students don't need to be experts on the Balfour Declaration and what the UN meant in 1947 in the Peel Report. They need to understand why lighting Shabbat candles is important, why putting on tefillin is important, why celebrating Jewish holidays is important. Because when you understand all that, 
You, the rest of it comes along naturally. You don't need to have every single question answered about the historically uh, accurate version of what happened in 1948 and 1967. I was if with you, you for the beginning. I was with you for the beginning, and then you lost me. No, it's true. Because I That's think you, you can have a very strong Jewish Zionist identity without being I think if you're Israeli... To- Maybe, maybe. Or if, you, if I think you're passionate harder. about Israel. But fair, okay, I get what you yeah. mean. I get what you mean. You if you're coming from like Jewish a blank identity. slate. Yeah. But let me ask you a question. So I've been on a lot of Hillel's on campus and a lot of Chabad's, a lot of campus, yeah. Jewish campus organizations. And it's always been a very, not a lot of people, right? Um, <laughs> a, a, a fraction of the Jewish right. uh, population on campus. Who's, whose fault is that? Like, who needs to be doing a better job? Is it the parents? Is it yes. the Hillels themselves for not yes. being cool enough? Is it... Yes. The synagogues, yes. Is it the American Jewish community? Yes. I mean, yeah. it's, American it's, Jewish community, get it's your everyone. shit together. It's, it's really everyone. It's the kids... You know, I, I, my campus is a bit of a unique situation. We're a commuter school, whatever. For a lot of different reasons, it's a unique mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. But if you go to a typical Hillel or Chabad, you know, kids want to be in community. They want to hang out. They want to just have social, you know, but they want to be they social. But are super lame a lot of the time? I'm sorry. I haven't been on a Hillel campus <laughs> in like 10 years. And by the way, what do they say? No, like, they're not lame. This, this uh, podcast does not represent the uh, opinions of both its hosts. Right. But... I've, you know, it's maybe been been 10 years since I've been on a few Hillels. And yeah, it wasn't like, I don't yeah, know. It was like that woman who's like super type A and the activities that. were like, you know, cutting out like menorah cutouts. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe college. You definitely cool. have that. You have yeah. that. But I mean, look, there are some places that are more successful at like, branding themselves and recruiting, mm-hmm. you know, the cooler students. And when you have cooler students, like, again, a lot of the time, it's really a ratio issue. Like, if you have 100 students and 90 of them are cool and 10 aren't, like, okay, it's fine. Mm-hmm. If you have, you know, 20 students and 10 of them are cool and 10 are not, it's not as great, right? So yeah. it's a ratio issue. And look, I'm I, I'm only saying that, like, I believe every single Jewish kid, I don't care who they are, what they are, belongs in the tent, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like, unless they're even the anti-SJB. No, no, I don't like. I don't care <laughs> yeah. about them anymore. But yeah, I just, I'm done. Um, I'm done with them. No, I mean, I don't. I, it's a complicated question, but and I just, I know, I just kind of blew that off and said I don't care about them anymore. That's not exactly how I feel, but it's much more complicated than that. But every single Jewish kid who wants to be involved in the Jewish community has a place mm-hmm. at Hillel or yeah. Chabad for sure. Yeah, and you just, it's you know, the cool students have to understand that, like. That's what family is. What, every cousin is normal? No. Like, yeah, some yeah. of your cousins are weird. It just and some of your uncles and aunts are weird. Like, that's ha- life. You have to make Judaism appealing. And maybe this is making Judaism appealing. Like, how many people have we all heard of who weren't connected to their Judaism? Yeah. Or weren't connected to Zionism? And then they feel like that, you know, they see what we all see. I can't talk about this enough, I'll, but I'll talk about every episode that we'll, we'll never forget the silence of October 8th and 9th and 10th and 11th of, of all our, our friends. I know. I just hate that it has to be a negative thing that brings the students, but it, it, it works. I mean, that opens the door. It is. It's not, it it shouldn't be what keeps them. Right. No, Um, look, I have students. I mean, I'm so proud of them. Like, and I've, I've talked about it before also, like, you know, 
some of the boys on my campus have started wearing yarmulkes all the time, even though they're not mm-hmm. like Orthodox, but yeah. they just want there to be like visible Jews on campus. Yeah. And I see all like, my students are wearing muggins. Yes, all my students are wearing flair, you know, Jewish yeah. flair. My students came to me and said, we want like... um swag that's more Jewish because, you know, a lot of people don't know what Hillel is. So all of our stuff says Beach Hillel. They don't, people don't necessarily know because like our logo was kind of like a wave and a surfboard. And they were like, we want something more Jewish. So we made all new swag now with like big mug and Davids in the, in the, in the logo with Hebrew letters, you know, whatever. So I'm so proud of them. I mean, and plus like, I, this is like a good example. Like I teach a weekly class called Parsham Pizza and um, I used to get, I don't know, like five to 10 students, right? Like 10 would be like, good, you know, 12, 13 would be great. I mean, we've been getting way more students this year. That's like, amazing. I know, and they're showing up and they're interested and they want to hear. we can't lose this moment. I'm saying like, we can't, right. we can't right. screw up this moment where all these people are coming in and saying, okay, I'm curious. And I say that as, as a Zionist too. Like if, I don't care if, if, if you're, the person is not Jewish, but like if a person feels that, you know, our yeah. friend, Bridget Fantasy, I'm not, I hope I'm not talking out of turn here, but I give her as an example of somebody who felt um, so appalled by what happened on October 7th, despite not being Israeli, but she felt appalled as an American. Yeah. um, Yeah. Which is just the right reaction. Like, I don't want people to feel appalled because their friends are hurting. I want them to hurt because they are. So, like, all these people, you know, I want to make sure that we can we can retain them, yeah. Somehow, I don't know. I, I, you know, we got a comment. It's funny. We got a comment on I forget which social media platform that we're so mm-hmm. Ashkenormative, and it's true. And yeah. I'm just thinking. I was just thinking as I was re- thinking in my head what I said and how this. I do this by the way. I don't know. Do you do this with yourself? Like what? after the podcast is done, I'm always like, why did I say that? Why didn't I add this? Why do you do no, that? No, I always think oh. it's amazing. <laughs> I'm always like, that was so stupid. Why didn't I say this and this and this? Anyway, but one of the things I would say here is, you know, there is something that Mizrahi and Sephardi kids that I work with do Mm -hmm. have that I don't see in a lot of Ashkenazi secular families, and that Mm -hmm. is the strong ties to family traditions around Judaism, right? Like Mm -hmm. Shabbat dinners being, you know, a must or holiday events being a must or even just their Zionism, right, is is kind of just different. It's very Israeli, actually. Yeah. Israel has a lot of those those traditions. Like everybody does Shabbat with their family, even though— We don't do like my family. We don't do a Shabbat, but it's it's known that Friday night you spend with your family. Right, exactly. Um, Which is, is nice. Well. And if you if you just light Shabbat candles and have me kiddish and have challah, you're in. I mean, that's so the whole I have. Thing. You'll be proud of me. I have Shabbat candles now. I know. I'm so proud. Um, and I have Hanukkah decorations that I got on Amazon. They're super cute. And I, I don't know if it. you can see them. Yeah, I see. They're like hanging on my thing. <laughs> Good for you. Um, I'm, I'm no apologies. And I listen to uh, Irvin Berlin, uh, my favorite <laughs> hot Christmas songs written by Jews. I've been um, seeing people post this on Instagram, on, uh, on Twitter, but do you think all the anti-Zionist Jews are going to celebrate Hanukkah this year? Because it's kind oh, of hypo- hypocritical. I'd I love mean, to like, see uh, Rashida Tlaib like, pretend she's not an asshole by <laughs> lighting a Hanukkah candle, but she'll probably light like something wrong. Like she'll light, what's the one that's not a Hanukkah? Like Kwanzaa. a Kwanzaa. She'll do it like a Kwanzaa. No, uh, no there's a Jewish one that's wrong. Yeah. Right? 
Well, uh, you know, according to Jewish law, like your menorah has to be, the candles all have to be at the same level. Like, you know, the ones they sell really? that the candles are like, yeah. yeah. I they all have to be that. at the same I think level. Mine, mine is the one that I also yeah. got on Amazon. That's pretty. And I have some, uh, that's some so Hanukkah funny. gelt. Um, I'm so excited to be in Israel for Hanukkah. And really yeah, forward. and then we have our Hanukkah party, which you won't be at, which is fine because we'll be talking yeah, about care. you. But I know some of our <laughs> friends will be there and hopefully some of our guests. Um, yeah. But fine. Uh, we won't discuss on air how upsetting it is that you're doing this party without me. It's fine. Maybe we'll FaceTime you. <laughs> yeah. Um, that would actually be funny. Yesterday <laughs> I went in. to the, the Blocked and Reported party. Uh, which was lovely, and actually met a few uh, listeners of the show, which was also oh, lovely. Um, but nice. uh, it was only, it's, it's two hosts, if you don't know the show, and uh, only one of them was there. We, they knew that. Um, and it was still lots of fun. So there you oh, go. You have a big responsibility. Maybe I'll do a party in Israel for our listeners in Israel. Oh, actually, it's not a bad idea. I know. I you should. should do that. Uh, um, like, like, we could have two competing parties. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I um I just I spoke at a an event earlier and I just I'm telling you my filter is gone and I was just like good. I said it was for like a bunch of donors and I I I know them all I love them all I respect them all and I just I said you need to stop giving money to organizations and institutions that don't care about the Jews like just stop mm. and pour all your money into the Jewish community like. This is the time right now. And I feel like what we have to be doing in the Jewish community is being more explicit about that. We have to say it. Like, stop supporting these stupid organizations that hate us. And are, are, get, you, like, are you talking give, about Don't people? give money to the universities. Don't give money mm. to UN. I don't know. All of these things oh that are just horrible, right? I just, I, we need to stop. Or politicians, campaigns, anybody who is not on board what about with, Richie Torres? Can you give him money? Oh my God, you gave him all the money in the world. Yeah. He's amazing. <laughs> he is really uh, amazing. Oh, I want to ask you a question. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is really out of left field. You know the movie The Holiday with Cameron Diaz and Jude Law? Where she goes to Europe? Yes. To like somebody's house? Yes. I think so. Okay. And Jude Law is really good looking in that movie. Have, yeah. Can you picture him? Uh, yeah. I don't like his style, but yeah. Okay, but do you think Douglas Murray <laughs> looks like him? Because he's uh, been reminding me of him. No, I think Douglas Murray is more like manly. Like Jude Law is a little Law? like dainty. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like Jude Law in that movie is Douglas Murray. We should do for the for December. We should do like a countdown of the top, like top ten like Jews or something, and Douglas Murray. Should Did be you one do, of them. That's so even funny. though he's not Douglas a Jew, Murray. but of like the year, like yeah. Did you like, do that thing on Twitter, like the ten things I hate, I love more than other people? Oh no, no. Did you? Yeah. Why didn't you do it? <laughs> I don't know. With ten what things I love. What, yeah. What are, how does it go? Ten, ten things, things I love more than, than most people. More than most people. Uh, then more uh, than most people love them, right? Like, oh, what's, what do you love more than most? people? More than most people. Um, Come on, think of something. I don't know. Um, Twitter. You love Twitter. Ugh, yeah. I mean, X. it's a love-hate relationship, I guess. <laughs> uh, I love, what do I love more than most people? I'm looking running around marathons. my apartment. Running for, marathons. Why am I writing yours? <laughs> nobody loves running marathons. Um, eating out. Okay. I, I love cooking, but I love food being prepared for me more than anything. 
That's so funny. Um, I like that too. Going to restaurants. Yeah. yeah. Uh, baths. Taking a bath. Oh, that's not... on my list. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, so give me, give, tell me yours and I'll come up and then I'll copy it. <sighs> okay. 10 things that I love more than most people. Are you <laughs> like, ready? Just conveniently prepared <laughs> right in front of you. No, I have it. I was, it's, I typed it out. Okay. Okay. Diet Pepsi. For okay. sure. Cold weather. Mm. Early mornings. Ugh. Israel. Mm-hmm. Jews. <laughs> the movie Reality Bites. Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you think people like? I mean, I yeah, I, think I like I him mean, more than most people. I think you'd be the top percentile of people who like him. <laughs> okay. History. Mm-hmm. My own children. Mm-hmm. For sure, I like them more. That's than most probably people. a fact. Yeah. And then taking a bath. Those are my mm, ten. Look at that. Okay, wait. So you reminded me a movie. Um, like. There are some movies that I just absolutely love from beginning to end, like Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> or Con Air. Greatest Con movie ever Air. Made. I love Con Air. Oh, um, Room Temperature Water. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Def- that's weird. I like cold. Um, sushi Ginger. What is like that? Like the ginger that comes with oh, a sushi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can just okay. eat like tubs of it. Uh, oh my god, that's so funny! What else? Central Park. I feel like Central Park is like I don't know yeah, if love, love is it. the right word, but I feel like I am probably one of the top one percent experts on the world in the world <laughs> in Central Park. <laughs> like I can find so funny my way from point A to point B easily. Yeah, like I know that park like the back of my hand. Uh, oh, you know what movie I'm watching? By the mm-hmm. way, Exodus. Have you seen Exodus <gasps> lately? Wait, are you watching it because I was watching it? No, when were you did watching I, it? Did I not tell you the story? No, okay, I'm watching so. it because a friend was t- just watched it and reminded me of it. And so I was like, oh, well, I'm going to watch it. Is it a mutual friend? Uh, Yeah, but who? Is it mouth it to me? <laughs> I don't know why it's a secret. No, well, I'll tell. Well, I'll tell you who. who yeah, told you tell me watch why. it. So I, I was um, had dinner with um, our lovely uh, friends um, Nick Gillespie and Sarah, his yeah. lovely fiance, and um, Sarah heard that I hadn't watched the movie Exodus, and she's like, "Oh my god, we're putting it on right now." That's so. so we funny. started watching it, and of course, it's like five hours long, so we didn't finish. But then I went home and finished it, <laughs> and that's really funny. No, that's not was, why. It, it, it was great, but but more than it was great, it made me think about how so many people uh, grew up on that movie that exactly. aren't Jews or aren't Zionists, and how interesting that is. You know, I mean, Paul Newman. Oh, Paul in Newman, that movie. so hot. I know. <laughs> what a good casting decision. I know, man. Yeah. They don't make men like that anymore. <laughs> Harrison Ford, Paul Newman. Yeah. That was a right? good, it's a great movie. It's a great yeah. story. It really like, I just, I don't know. It's giving me a lot of, I I needed that feeling inside of me. I mean, I love the book. Did you ever read the book? No. Okay. So the book is fantastic. I need and, a good um, historical fiction like that. If anybody can recommend. Well, Leon Ur, any of his book, any of Leon Uris's books are No, but I want one about wild. Israel. And I don't think I can oh. watch read Exodus now because I oh, know okay. how it If ends, you want to read another one of his, that's really good. I mean, somebody I, I wants love to recommend historical but fiction Mila about 18, Israel. Read Mila eighteen. Read Mila, Mila eighteen. What's yeah, that it's about? about? It's about the Warsaw Ghetto uprising. It's it's oh, really good. No, I don't want Holocaust theme. I want I want Israel theme. I want early Zionism. I want like first Eliyah, second Eliyah, like all the stuff. Yeah. I was telling somebody a friend the other day 
that I wish I had my high school textbooks. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. I studied all this stuff. I uh, studied, you know, the all the immigrations to Israel in the 1800s. And, the, yeah. and, and it was all so theoretical back then. But I feel like today at my age, I'd be able to like... Take it out. I don't know. It makes more like, and and I'm actually relearning a lot of stuff that I've learned when I was an undergrad many, many moons ago. But like you were just saying, you know, you were just saying people don't need to know the Balfour Declaration and all that. I mean, no, I'm not saying no one should learn that now. Yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't know it. I'm saying that's not going to be the way to. I understand what you mean. That like it doesn't mean anything if you're not. You should read, if you want, um, James Michener, The Source is also a great book. One of my favorite books ever. That's a great book too. Um, that is such a good book. And I he, saw he's another. Not even Jewish. I know. I, I used, my mother used to make me read those books because I was a voracious reader, mm-hmm. and those were like long books, and so it kept me busy for a while. God, that. But book. I was a fast reader, and I, I just, oh, those were all so great. I was talking Hawaii. to our a lovely friend and producer Gabby today, and Gabby mm-hmm. is, um, I, I won't blow her spot, but she she works in a field that requires her to read a lot of books. Yes. Let's say that way. And I told her, like, I need to change how I read because I used to be able to, like, get lost in a book when yeah. I was a kid before phones and all that. And now I when I read, it's like I'm reading every fourth word. You know what I mean? Like, my, I don't get, like, so hard. deep in it anymore. I know. Unless it's know. a novel or something. But then I don't want to read novels. I want to read, like... I'm reading the book now, Palestine 1936. Have you heard of it? Oh, is that Oren Kessler's book? Yeah, Maybe. Uh, it's really interesting. It's super interesting, but it's like very fact. It's like all like, there's no narrative. There's no story. Right. I know. I used to read, I mean, I, it's hard. It's very hard for me to concentrate on reading, but I, I'm in grad school, so I have no choice. I have to read. And so. Do you do New Year's resolutions? I mean, not really. (laughs) Because you don't believe in the Christian New Year or? (laughs) I mean, I mean, I don't know. I'm just. I, not really. No, because I wanted to do. I want to do them, and I want one of them to be about reading. So we, if we can do them together, or we cannot. Yeah, we could. I mean, people. Yeah, I I know people who like make a point of reading a certain number of pages every day, yeah, thirty pages yeah. or whatever. Like, there's ways that you can do it. That I want to practice that. Mostly, I want to practice like just uninterrupted time. Yeah. But you have to uh, like the problem is that you have to put away your phone. I mean, I yeah, that's for me. I did something last night I haven't done in a long time. I went to a movie. Like Ooh. we actually went to a movie in the theater. The whole family? No, no, no. Just we went like my husband and I and our friends on date what, night. What movie? We saw. I went with Felice. You know, mm-hmm. shout out to Felice who I'm Hi, sure Felice. is listening. <laughs> um, it was her idea, and I really appreciate it because I think this might be one of my favorite movies ever that I saw. What? It's called The Holdovers. Do you know about that no. movie? It's is it about Paul the Holocaust? No, it is no. not about. It's actually not about the Holocaust at all. Um, it's I, I just absolutely loved it, and I think part of why I loved it is because I was in the theater and I put my phone away and I did not take my phone out once and I didn't look at it, and it was oh. just I was able to really be in the moment and it was so good. Something else I love more than other people is movie theater soda. And oh, I don't so really good. drink soda in my in my normal life. Oh my god, it's so good. I Once know. in a while, I'll have a sparkling seltzer, but I don't drink like Diet Coke or stuff like that. But in the movie theater, I love it. I love that yeah. machine where you can pick. You know what's interesting? I grew mm-hmm. up in my community. It's like a no no to go to the movies. Really? So, because uh, yeah, I, even if it's a kosher movie, 
Right. Like it was definitely discouraged. The Rebbe was like not, he did not, was not approve of people going to the movies. It was like going into a house of, you know, whatever, ill repute or whatever. And so I grew up not going to the movies. And so we would sneak it when I was a kid, younger. <laughs> and, you know, I would say, oh, I'm spending the day with my friend. And then we would like, I don't know, walk or take a taxi to the movie theater. Oh my theater. God, like, you're so bad. Yeah. No, but like, I mean, a lot of people did. But there are people, I mean, I still have many friends and family that don't go to the theaters. And so I still, and I'm not proud that when I do. You, I'm sorry to, to movie, everyone who's listening. Like... I do. I actually do still feel a little tiny bit of like, you know, Ooh, I'm doing something that's kind of forbidden. Yeah. It's, it's still, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, I still get that. Well, I feel the bit. same way because I eat like M&Ms and, and like 4,000 <laughs> calories worth of popcorn. So, yeah. Wait, so, but tell me about what's the movie about? Like, just generally, don't, don't ruin the, it. It's, I'm not going to ruin it, but it's the story about, it's about a boarding school for a boys' boarding school and it's Christmas vacation. Mm-hmm. And there are a few, there's a small group of boys who can't, for different reasons, go home for the holidays. And mm-hmm. so they are the holdovers. They have to stay at the school. And Paul Giamatti plays the teacher who gets stuck being the, so it's like a you drama? Know, it's a comic. It's the it's uh it's super sad, super funny. It is I, I just loved it. There's like oh, the characters are amazing. I mean, you just yeah, I, I cannot recommend it enough. I hate okay. doing this because then people are like, I saw it and I didn't love it. But I don't just see it. I and like going to the movies. I want to hear from people. Yeah. So I'll, it's I'll, well I'll, worth it. It's beautifully shot, also. I mean, it looks like 1970. Like I, oh, that was such an interesting part of the movie. I could not get past the fact that there were no cell phones, laptops, computers, and like watching the scenes where they're just kind of sitting around. And like, there's one scene. I'm not going to give anything away, but like the boys are in the room where they're staying, and like mm-hmm. you just see the boys laying on their beds. A couple of them are reading. One of them is like throwing a ball around. And I'm like, that's how I grew up. Like we didn't have anything yeah. to play with. And I, I had such a nostalgia for like that feeling, you know, of just not being attached to your phone. It really, yeah. it, it you'll see, like when you watch the movie, like you see at mealtimes, they're talking. I don't know. It really like struck me as You know what, what genre crazy. of movie is my favorite? Like the ones in the early, in the mid 2000s, like 2005, yeah. six, where it feels like normal times, like everybody's <laughs> kind of dressed normal. Like everything is normal, except yeah. they don't have iPhones. Right. So right. it's so weird. It's so yeah. like disorienting, right? If you watch like Mean Girls. Yeah. Like it's kind of disorienting. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it weird that the Mean Girl, like also the people from those movies are the moms now? I know. I know. Do you remember the movie oh, Cruel Intentions? That's like a one that reminds it's me Christian of Christian Slater? No. That it's uh, Ryan, uh, what's his name? The guy who was married to Reese Witherspoon. Um, now I have to ask myself, everything I watch and every music I listen to is like, did this person tweet something terrible about Israel? <laughs> right? By the way, Christian Slater was in a movie. Yeah, totally. I'm obsessed with it. Christian Slater was in a movie called Untamed Heart with Marissa Tomei. <laughs> Do you remember that movie? I, no, I'm laughing because if I could, if I, if an AI it's- could like produce a movie for Hialeah, it would come up with a movie called Untamed Heart with Christian Slater and Marissa Tomei. <laughs> I literally watched that movie probably a hundred times. I love that movie. It's so good. What's, what's it about? You need to watch it. <laughs> is it like about, wait, let me guess. Is, is it about a, um, like a, a dog trainer that falls in love with 
No. No. Okay. You know what we watched the other <laughs> night? Um, I had a few friends over and we watched uh, Home Alone. Oh my uh, God. Such a great movie. That is a great movie. The best, yeah. the best meme is like, I, I'm, I was 30 years old when I started asking myself, what did, what's the kid's name in the movie? Oh, Kevin. Um, Kevin, what did Kevin's dad do that he could afford nine tickets to France and this house? Yes. <laughs> like, what did he do for a living? <laughs> I just started there's asking myself There's so much in that, that movie question. that like doesn't add up. And it's like, there's, <laughs> you know, there's a cop in their house for the first 10 minutes and nobody's paying attention to him. And like, you would think like, there's a lot that doesn't ap- add up in that movie, but it's so wonderful. And uh, Home Alone 2, just as good. Really? Uh, yeah. Have you ever watched it? It's in New York in the Plaza Hotel. Know. I don't remember. Uh, I don't and Trump is it. in it. And apparently Trump like really? insisted. Apparently Trump was like, you can't use the hotel if I'm not in the movie. <laughs> Which is both ridiculous Amazing. and brilliant. <laughs> Amazing. That's he, he has like a part in the movie or he's like a, just yeah, a wow. Yeah, because he was like, own the, own the plaza. I don't think um, I've ever seen Home Alone 2. I've seen yeah. the first one for sure. It's 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 pretty good. I mean, it's not Home Alone two and Gremlins two are the best like sequels. They're like and Back there's a the Gremlins two. Oh yeah, it's so good. Ew. It's no, in, I hate that movie. It's in New York. It's all in New, in this office building in New York, and it's like Ugh. so nineties and it's like you know finance. And then it ends. I, I'm assuming I can ruin it because you know. Um, <laughs> But the, you know, they all turn into gross gremlins, you know, from the Ugh, cute gremlins. I hate it, yeah. And they take over this giant building, this like, and they all congregate in the lobby or in the, the bottom. Yeah. And the guy, the head gremlin, who's like super, super smart, starts singing New York, New York. <laughs> oh and it's God. just such an iconic scene. That's not I don't a know. movie don't, I'm don't ever going to watch. Me. I'm definitely I'm not watching it. that. Um, wait, speaking so of... Funny. Speaking of things that I was gonna, I was gonna. I'm writing notes of things that I want to put on our Substack, uh, askajew.substack.com. Uh, uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, did do you know that like the war in Israel has like a, a a diss track? What does that mean? Like, do you know what a diss track is? Not. Do you really. know what, like drill rap is? No. It's like um, what are you? What what language are you talking? What, it's what is like this? rap music. Hold on, I need to sneeze. Say something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Love you. Toda. Um so like drill music is like very hardcore rap. Oh. Uh usually like people from different like gangs or projects like talking shit about other people and like threatening to kill them uh and things like that. Uh it, it's a very like hardcore type of rap. So there's a song in Israel um and it's like become the unofficial like battle cry of the war and it's got like millions of views on YouTube even though you know small country uh it's called Khabu <laughs> Yalbu which is like arabic slang for i don't know i guess i read it loosely, loosely translates to like destruction and like we're coming for you oh my god and it's very catchy i'll put it on uh but it's also like it's also very it's like very angry and it's very like it starts by them saying, like, you came out of your your tunnels like rats. What did you think was going to happen? And oh they make God. fun of uh, free Palestine. They say, like, you keep seeing free Palestine, saying free Palestine, and, and I think that you're talking about something that's going on sale. Uh, 
And then and then they they that's shout great. out all the units in the IDF. That's kind of the the chorus. Aww. Um, and they're like, this one's for grandma and grandpa. It's like very angry. But then at the very end, do you know what kol kol bijiomo means? It's like in Arabic. It means like every dog will have its day. Um, but like Israelis say it too. And they start listing all the people like Nasala, Hania, like all the people. And then they go to, (laughs) and then they go to Bella Hadid and uh, Dua Lipa. And they oh just give them God. the finger. That's it's, so funny. It's very, it's very, uh, I don't know. It, it, um, just listen to it. I'm going to send it to you. I'll check it out. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe yes. I'm we'll sure see. somebody, I'm sure somebody <laughs> at like Teen Vogue can write a whole article about how it's like, you I'm know, sure. genocidal. Yeah. It's but pretty interesting watching. It's, it's so funny watching like, cause I'm, you know, I, I see the social media side of kind of the Israel part and American Jewry. Mm-hmm. And then seeing like the Haredi reaction to the war, like on social media. And it's just so fascinating. What like, is it? What's the Haredi reaction? I mean, the Haredi reaction is so centered around action. Like, what are we doing? Okay, there's a rally at Shoal at five o'clock today. Everyone come say to Hillim. Okay, tomorrow morning, yeah. we're all doing a challah bake and we're going to do a fresh out challah together. On Monday, there's a gathering and we're going to learn Torah. Oh. Like, everything we're is very We're doing like memes and like, I know. And like campaigns, I know. a lot of campaigns. Some yeah. of them better than others. But, you know, there was yeah. this really dark campaign with women. Um, like, um, all these women came and they were... They had like costumes. Yeah, outside the UN, they were bleeding. It was like really gross, but really powerful. It was really gross. Yeah, but they were like, what do you think of it? I don't know. I've changed the last two months. Like a lot of things (laughs) that I would think were super cringe, I now I'm like, yay! Like I went to an event today that was like a Hanukkah bazaar. Oh yeah. uh, you know, two months ago, I wouldn't have gone to that. And I would like look down my nose at all these like weird Jews. And now I'm like, <laughs> I need to be with my people. So yeah, I, I feel I that way know. about about a lot I of things. I think it's a little I, cringe, but I think if it works, if it if it right. changes some people, then then it's good. Right. They So that started, a, a guy did it in LA last week or two weeks ago. He, mm. this social media guy rented I don't know. How do you say it? Not rented. He hired, sorry. He hired a model. (laughs) I couldn't think of the word. He hired a model. And he dressed her in like kind of the same clothing that the the famous girl in the, with the pants, you know, the... Yeah, yeah. The Israeli hostage. Yeah, with with the bloody pants. The famous photo of an Israeli hostage bleeding from her... Yeah. yeah, from her pants, by her pants. Did you read um, So the- he did that. He hired her. He hired a model, and he walked around L.A., leading her, like, by her hair on a chain. And she was wearing the same clothes, and she had, like, the bloody pants. And he was walking through L.A. and, like, videoing people's reaction. And, like, I get it. I mean, it's very in your face, and it makes you take a deep breath. I mean, like, it's very oh. shocking to see I that. I want to... Um- Sorry, I'm looking at my phone, but because I want to pull something up. Um, but I don't know if you read, you had a chance to read the Times article, the London Times article about the the sexual assault. Yeah, I um, did. Uh, so I, I actually didn't read the full article because it's it's locked, but I read uh, part like the parts of it that are available online. But it's 
Do you mind if I read some of the quotes? Yeah. I feel like this is like the performance art. Like I'm, I'll read some of the quotes. It's gross, but I feel like it needs to be, if, if there are like people listening to this episode, like I want them to, to, to see that, to yeah. hear this. But I, so I want to just say that, I want to just say one thing before you read them. And I think you should. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot believe that this happened. Like I, I can't, I can't believe that this happened. I just, I don't know. I don't, it's so hard to imagine. And then the world reacts the way they do. And these are our sisters and daughters and mothers. And like, it's just- I can't just, believe we have to- I can't, I, I don't know. I don't know the words even to describe how it makes me feel and how it makes all Jewish women feel and all Jewish men and, and just any person that has a heart and cares about any kind of human life and human value, how this happened. And, and, and I just, it's, I don't know. I have no words. I, really. I can't believe, I can't believe it happened. I can't believe um, that we have to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. We have Imagine, can't even let them have their dignity. We have to like talk about yeah. it to prove it. It's, it's. Im- imagine being a victim and just constantly having to go out and, but also I, I think people don't want to believe it because if, if you believe, if you believe these things happen, then you believe that like real, real evil exists. Yeah. And it's not, I was just talking to a friend about this and it's inside all of us. Right. So like, People aren't born this evil. They were brainwashed into this. They were, you know, they have dehumanized other people to a point where it's not something biological. You know, you're not a, a spider that is poisonous. Yeah. Like any, anyway. I'll, well, it's I'll, a choice. I'll, I'm sorry. No, like in, no, uh, in Jewish theology, like, no, you're born yeah. with a soul and your soul has different parts, and you have a Yetzer Tov, which is a good part, and you have a Yetzer which is a bad part. And yeah. our whole lives, every second of every day, we are battling, you know, to make good choices. But it's yeah. within our— But if you're a Jewish baby who was adopted when he was a week old into, like, an ISIS family, you yeah, could, you could grow up like this. Yeah, of course. But, I don't, I mean, I don't again, mean this to give to cut anybody We don't any take slack. the agency away from them. Right. We don't take it. Yeah, I don't trust me. I am not, I will not forgive. And I I tweeted this today. I'm a left wing person. I will never forgive the people who did this and the people who supported it. I'm not saying that means we need to kill all the Palestinians. Definitely need to kill all of Hamas. I still want peace, but it's not going to be based on love and friendship necessarily. It's going to be based on. You know, right. you leave us alone, we'll leave you alone. No, we have to be strong. We have to be strong. There's no choice here. But also I but, think just from a Jewish perspective, it's very, I mean, I know that if you don't believe in God and if you're not a spiritual person, this is a hard thing to really wrap your head around. But the idea of justice not always being apparent to us here in this world. And I just truly believe, I, 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 I believe this so much that there's a justice that these people will meet in the world to come. I just, I really do. Call, call like, every dog yeah, will have I really, day. I really, really believe it. And it, it really is what helps me get through the day because if I have to sit and think about all these disgusting, evil, 
horrible dis- people living, right? I mean, but it's impossible. It will, it will kill me. Like, I can't handle yeah. the idea. Um, but they will get their justice. These Every woman, every family, every baby. I mean, this poor family with the two redhead kids. The uh, I mean, there's just yeah. nothing. And the f- poor father. I mean, it's, it's an endless amount of pain and suffering that has been mm-hmm. in, uh, inflicted on, on, the, on these yeah. people. And I just... And every single person who is supporting this or excusing this, you know, you yeah. will be judged by history. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm going to read this, and if, if 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 this is like, I want to say the opposite of trigger warning. I want to say if you find this triggering or sad, listen to it. Um, if you have kids, like don't don't make them listen to it. But it's just a few quotes. So I will take a minute. I saw this beautiful woman with a face of an angel, and eight or ten of the fighters beating her and raping her. She was screaming, stop it already. I'm going to die anyway from what you are doing. Just kill me. When they finished, they were laughing and the last one shot her in the head. They had caught a young woman near a car and she was fighting back, not allowing them to strip her. They threw her to the ground and one of the terrorists took a shovel and beheaded her and her head rolled along the ground. Oh my God. Uh, This is a a different person now who was um, in charge of uh, Zaka, who was uh, working there and identifying the bodies. Uh, their faces were in anguish and often their fingers in clenches as if they died. Uh, sorry, they were, they were in, th- their faces were in anguish and often their fingers in clenches as they died. We saw women whose pelvises were broken, legs broken. There were women who had been shot in the crotch, in the breasts. There seems no doubt what happened to them. Um, there's another quote, I, I don't have it right in front of me, that I posted on my, my Twitter account the other day about a uh, Somebody, uh, um, eyewitness quote about a woman who was alive and they cut her breast off and it fell to the ground and they were kicking it around. Um, these are not human beings. These are not, these are not human beings. Uh, these are people who should be removed from society. Again, throat clearing, not talking about Palestinians. All right. Uh, I think the people who celebrate this, I, I'd be happy for them to be, you know, wiped out too. Uh, the people who are, you know, supporting it with money or with war efforts, but but the people who are doing this, the people who can bring themselves to laugh as they're raping a woman and shooting her, like Israel will be doing the world a favor. Yeah, will be doing Muslims a favor by getting rid of them. It doesn't have to be this way. Like, what, since when have we decided that this is normal in Islam? Right. right. Like, uh, th- that's what drives me crazy when people are trying to defend this because they don't want to offend Muslim people. Muslim people should be the most offended by this. Could you imagine if Jews started doing this shit? Of course not. You know, we see Benfield, we see Jews who are who are being violent and and, you know, uh, supporting a Jewish terrorist, and, and it sickens us to our core, and we do everything we can to remove them from us. Right. Instead, here we see... Well, I see two things that are kind of uh, in contradiction. I see people denying that it happened, and then people excusing it. Sometimes the same people. Uh, this, but is what why, I, yeah. this is why our best... I, I'm sorry to keep... Banging Light on Shabbat this. candles. Our be- no, seriously, <laughs> our best way to deal with that. I mean, look, I, I can't speak for anyone else. I could only speak for myself. Mm-hmm. For me, 
the way I could handle this, the way I mean, because listening to that, reading it, seeing it, seeing the faces, Mm -hmm. I I can't, I can't live with it. The only way I could live is by being more Jewish and more proud of my Judaism and doing more and being more in your face Jewish. And that's all I'm going to do the rest of my life. I'm I'm never going to back down on this. We have to be the best Jews we can be finished. What should should non-Jewish people do? Do you think like I have been struggling with that? What? I mean, we have a lot of non-Jewish friends. We have a lot of non-Jewish listeners. I can't explain what it makes me feel like when they support us, when they tell yeah, us how much they care the about us and how, how much they show up for us. And there's no, I can't. Especially because I, I, everybody I, else isn't. Exactly. I can't, I can't describe what it feels like. I never had, I mean, this is a true story. I, I never had, I was just telling this to someone, I never had non-Jewish friends before. Right before except, we uh, met, Brendan and Brenda. Wait, I mean, except for yes, your imaginary friends. Yes, yeah, Kelly, my imaginary non-Jewish friends. <laughs> I never had real non-Jewish friends in my life until the last few years, and I just it's it's beyond encouraging for me to hear and see the way our friends just get together and and say like we're with you and we care for you. Yeah. I, I think back to my grandmother. I mean. In Poland, in Skeg, Poland, you think anyone, no one cared. No one. She had no non-Jewish friends and they didn't care. They they were happily selling her down the yeah. road. You yeah. know what I mean? And I yeah. know that there are people that would, we, we always joke about it, but like now I really know that there are people that would hide us. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Thanks, Nancy. Um, yeah, but also, like I said, I feel the strongest bond when people are not hurting for me because they love me or care about me, but they're hurting yeah. as human beings, as Americans, right. when they say, right. like, this is unacceptable right. to me as a human being, as an American. Do you ever think to yourself, like, what did we care about October 6th? Like, I can't, I'm yeah. trying to, like, remember what I was, like, what we was cared top of about, mind. I mean, in Israel, oh, my God, we were at each other's throats. Well, that's, yeah, and that look, was I'm, terrible. And look, I'm still... Israel is very united now and everybody's at war, right? Everybody's, I spoke to a family member, uh, somebody today whose brother-in-law is being held in, um, in Gaza. Um, His name is Omri and uh, the Hamas terrorists took him in front of his wife and two babies. (sighs) And um, he was uh, the brother-in-law, you know, I was helping him with something and he said, thank you. And I said, look, I, 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 I'm, not doing this out of the goodness of my heart. Like I have, it's my duty to help you. Like we are, uh, I don't know, the whole country and to a certain extent, a lot of the Jewish community is, is a hundred percent united, but I worry what happens underneath the surface. You know, there are, we, we we did not stop hating each other. There is a lot of pain. You and I have to make it a point that we're going to be role models and how to move forward. But we're not, I don't know that we're the problem necessarily. I'm, I mean, the problem is you do have people who are like Uber. They're just like they hate leftists so much. They hate, and there are people that hate religious Jews. Yeah, no, true, true. We have to. We have to. We have to be the ones to change that. I'm serious. Everybody has to has to do a little bit. Yeah, but you know, people keep asking me like, "Why are you going to Israel? Like, aren't you scared? Aren't you nervous?" But I can't explain how I've never wanted to be there more. I mean, I, I yeah. feel so. I'm, I'm of course, a man in a nervous. Kofia came up to me yesterday on 56th Street. I think I'll be okay I know. in Israel. Yeah, no, like I am a little nervous. I'm taking my kids. By the way, oh, I'm serious mm. right now. If I get killed 
in Israel. Yeah, oh, it's going to be so good I for a podcast. Not, I know it will be good for the podcast, but also you better make sure they use good pictures of me in every article and memorial. Oh, Only yeah. Post weight you loss have to pictures. send me some new ones post weight loss. I will, loss. I will. <laughs> I've had this Just, conversation with my parents. You need, seriously, you Wait, have to have my back on this. I had this conversation with my parents of like, because I'm like, I always wonder what people will say about me. When, I also wonder you know, about that. Because I've been reading all these stories and they, they you yeah. know, the people who have been released. And then there's one woman who was like, she was a great aunt. And I was like, that's lame. If something happens to me, please don't say I was a great aunt. Because that's kind of lame. And then we were talking about all the cousins of people who were, who were on TV and stuff and like talking about their loved ones either being yeah. released or being held in Gaza. And I was like, there are a few cousins who I would not like to go on TV, please, to speak on my behalf. <laughs> Like, you know, like, you you know, it's going to be that cousin who like really wants to be on TV, right? Yeah. Whatever. I just so, want good pictures. That's just all. Just let me know. Good pictures. Um, yeah. I don't know. Can Stay I good do, maybe I'll, me. I'll keep the show with gold, going with Goldie, I think. Is Goldie yeah. going? <laughs> no, she's not. Okay. We'll tell her to be careful the next few weeks in uh, LA. Uh, your sister. You'll replace me so fast. You wouldn't, I wouldn't even, I, I won't even be cold and I'll, you'll have a replacement already. <laughs> I'll You'll do a GoFundMe so for the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Next thing you know, yeah, I'll buy herself a condo in New York and uh, <laughs> support the Jewish people. <laughs> GoFundMe. Uh, no, don't, don't, please, don't get yourself killed. It will no. be. Uh, we have a lot. We have a lot of recording to do. We have a. We'll have a I special know. end of year episode. I hope. True. True. Um, and I think we'll be releasing one of our favorites, one of my favorites, for around the Christmas holiday season. Yeah. And we have some guests we're, coming up. We're going to volunteer on a farm for a couple days. Oh, good. Yeah. What are you going to do? I don't know. There's like a Facebook group that you join and every day yeah. all the farmers are putting up there like, we need 20 people, we need 10 people, blah, blah, blah. So we're just yeah. going to take a day or two and do yeah. that. Because people don't week. don't realize that. First of all, a lot of the communities that were hurt are agricultural communities Yeah, and they rely on that. But then also every other... Uh, farm in Israel, and there are many. I know you don't think of Israelis as farmers, but there are. Yeah, there's quite a tons. lot of agriculture, and uh, most of the workers are uh, Thai Thai workers, and they all right. went back to Thailand, understandably. And right. then, and then most of the Israeli workers are in reserve duty. So, volunteers have been keeping up these these places. And I want to tell um, I want to tell a story just that I just heard um, somebody that I spoke to is just really really lovely. Um, and he is a, um, so it's this guy from Pittsburgh and he's VP of this like, uh, large, like housing company called UMH. It's like a public company. Mm -hmm. So he's like this fancy VP, but he grew up in a kibbutz in Israel. Right. Wow. And he, and he said, when I was young, uh, the, the 1973, you know, Yom Kippur war broke up, uh, broke out. Um, and all the men were sent to war. So us kids had to upkeep the farm and we had to milk the cows and everything it was on us like the teenagers, right? So fast forward to today, um, the war starts and he's 65 years old. So he can't, he's like, I'm too old to go back to reserves, but what do I know how to do? I know how to milk cows. So now he's in Neil Oz, this like, oh my gosh, this like corporate guy. And he sent me photos of himself. He's in Neil Oz, which is the kibbutz that lost, yeah. you know, I think like a, a fourth a of its of members or, yeah. or a third of the members. 
And he's milking cows and like running from bombs because this, these assholes started as soon as the ceasefire start uh, ended. Yeah, that they ended it, they started firing at them. Um, but I just think it's I so know. cool that he's there. Uh, and you know, just like every 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 set of hands can help. And I hope we'll see more like non non Jewish volunteers like it used to be in the sixties in the kibbutzim. Yeah. Yeah. Like, honestly, if you're listening to this podcast and you're bored and you live in, like, British Columbia or something and you're strong <laughs> or able-bodied, you know, we'll, oh we'll, we'll set you up. They're, they, they, Everybody needs volunteers right now. My father did say to me when I told him I was going to volunteer at a farm, he's like, they're going to take one look at you and be like, yeah, go back to Jerusalem. And I'm like, that's not true. <laughs> I am going to be very useful, okay? I can do a lot. They're going to be like, uh, can you run our Instagram, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a manager type, though. That's the problem. I feel like they're going to give me instructions. I'm going to be like, let me show you how to do it better. I'm going to be like, let me organize this situation. I'm sure they have to deal with a lot of people who are, and I say that, and I think that I would probably be one of these people (laughs) who come in and like, I want to come help pick tomatoes and take selfies. And then like eight hours later, as I'm, you know, packing cucumbers, I'm like, I, this is not fun. I wanted to do yeah. something that looks really nice. I didn't want to like be in the warehouse like packing cucumbers. Oh my god! This is a brilliant idea, by the way. They should mm-hmm. open up an Instagram spot in Israel <laughs> that you can go, and it looks like you're volunteered and take a bunch of pictures. And you could pay Americans would do it. Like you yeah. pay a hundred dollars or whatever, yeah. and you can like be in this farm area, and you take and it can be all Instagrammable, and then they everybody gets what they need. Like they'll get money. The farms Americans yeah. get pictures that look like they did something. Yeah. It's a win-win. That's not a bad idea. I wonder if there's a hierarchy in the farms. I wonder if the cool farms like like strawberries and well, tomatoes are getting more than like a stupid farm like eggplant. Well, funny you should say that because mm-hmm. my brother who lives in Israel told me that he has a friend who has um, weed. They have they grow weed. <laughs> And they're looking, <laughs> they're, for, they're looking for people to come volunteer. Because when I told my brother, so he was like, oh, well, you could take your four boys and go there. And I was like, I don't think so. But <laughs> if anybody wants to go volunteer at a weed farm in Israel, apparently they had they're plenty looking. of volunteers, but they're they're not getting anything done. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Do you, Is that how it works? Like you get uh-huh. high from the plant? I mean, don't you I need to do something I, to it? I would, if I was smoking the weed, I would just be sitting in the corner and like you nervous be, that I'm not, I'm not picking it right. <laughs> you, would, you would not function. You, which is undistinguishable be. from when I'm not smoking weed. So <laughs> just nervous wreck. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. So anyway, hopefully it will all um, work itself out. Wait, when are you back? Um, Can you say? I'm going to be back in two weeks. Oh, well, that, I, Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, so we'll 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 set we'll schedule our end of a uh, year special yeah. recording surprise. Yes, I know. I'm so excited. Yeah, I can't um, believe it's. You know, we by the way, we blew past our two year anniversary of this podcast I know. because it was just too much going on. But I can't believe we've been doing yeah, this for two years. What did you get me? What did I get you for our two year anniversary? Oh my god. I sent you a Beverly Hills 90210 t-shirt. You did. You did. And that's really funny because <laughs> you sent it to me. You sent me a few things when I was sick, which was very, yeah. very kind of you. But I know Amazon and I know sometimes like you set, you order something that's mm. not on Amazon and you kind of forget about it. And then like six weeks later, it that's arrives. That's exactly what, that's happened. what happened with this Beverly Hills t-shirt. <laughs> I know. But, but I'm I, glad I, you got it. I love it. Yeah. I'll wear it with my, um, I have my Iron Dome t-shirt that I got from Israel. Oh, that's cool. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. buy a lot. I want to buy a lot of swag in Israel. I'm excited for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's Hanukkah this week. When we release this oh episode, it's going to be like a few nights before Hanukkah. So yeah. I want to wish everybody a happy, happy, happy. Yeah, happy, happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Do something. Light candles. You don't have, even if it's your first time ever, it's really easy. You don't need to. Totally. You know, Chabad. First of all, contact Google Chabad and your zip code. <laughs> and trust me, somebody will get you a menorah yeah. easily. But you can also buy them. I bought mine on Amazon. It's very pretty. Do you know that because of our podcast, somebody that listens, started putting on tefillin every day. Oh, wow. And got a pair from Chabad. Oh, wow. And, yeah, where he lives. So. Oh, my God, it's working. It's working. It's working. It would, the only way it would be fair, <laughs> though, is if, life. if an Orthodox person who listens became secular. That would be the only way to... Uh, Where's Tzvi? We need our friend Tzvi. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> um, we can't take credit for that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and somebody asked... I forget who asked if it would be offensive as a non-Jew to like put a menorah in their window. No, it's I not offensive awesome. at all. Yeah, yeah, please do. Yeah, I think it's please awesome. Do. And you can get one of those like electricity light bulb ones. Um, yes. Don't yeah, forget just, when you light, you add one every single night. You put them in starting from the right, but you light them from the left, right? The left one yeah. first. and then Just Google it. It's super right. easy. Hanukkah is an easy one. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. Um, and Google the story of um, um, Judith. Yehudit. Oh. It's a great story. She Maybe we can get somebody to talk about this. Yeah. Maybe we can get Eli on to talk about the Maccabees. <laughs> he loves the Maccabees. Yeah. Well, they were oh. very interesting, great people. I'm sure we can expect a lot of um a lot of tablet articles about how the Maccabees are the modern day IDF or something. Yes. And I yes, say that. I mean, it sounds I sound like douchey when I said that. I actually want to read those. <laughs> Write one. Um, Write an article about it. As if I know what the Maccabees did. Oh, my God. You could do some research. It wouldn't kill you. Um, it's not my job to educate <laughs> you. <laughs> so true. Uh, so true. No, I have quite a few Hanukkah, Hanukkah things lined up. So I'm excited. And especially seventh night of Hanukkah is our Ask a Jew party. So yeah. um, you will hear more about that if you go to Ask a Jew substack.com and if you're in New York or anywhere close to New York uh, please come and we'd love to see you there awesome happy Hanukkah right, happy Hanukkah